the song is in mind it just passes through me sometimes uncomprehended untamed lightly dressed in my name the way the gods in the old days would pass among people dressed in a cloud that dear listeners was me abhishek chopra aka el chopranos reading out the great irish poet seamus heaney's translation of a verse from a poem called inhabited by a song penned by the romanian poet anna blandiana cricket of the past isn't ours it just passes through the voices of my co-host nitin sundar aka <laughs> nitins and mine to you here on heads and tails and cricket is a game for the gods all right isn't it hi nitin feeling poeting much after england have got one back at headingley and the ashes stand at 2-1 uh well well i i wouldn't credit england for uh, making me feel poetic but i absolutely would credit you jobs uh if you had given a normal intro i would have probably said what a poetic start to our podcast but i can't say that now because it would be too literal <laughs> but uh, yeah wow seamus heaney makes an appearance on the heads and tails podcast now that i didn't see that coming <laughs> <laughs> so yes ashes 2023 better than ashes 2005 what do you reckon we have two more test matches to go uh, and i think it would only be fair to wait till all five tests are played to say that um i did not give england much of a chance of uh, pulling back one in this test right especially after uh, mitchell marsh's century on the first day of the third test we knew that headingley is a chasing ground it's been a chasing ground for a few years now and england themselves have enjoyed batting here in the fourth innings so it was an important toss for them to win but i thought uh, that marsh century probably took the game away from them and as expected england struggled to uh, stay in the game right in the second innings they were in all sorts of trouble 140 for 7 um, and they were staring at a massive massive lead which and it would have been the sort of lead that pat cummins and mitchell stark would have you know absolutely used to drill home the advantage i don't think england could have come back from there but then that that man right uh, Mark Wood, after doing all the work with the ball, coming in and scoring that incredible cameo, I think 23 of 8 balls or 9 balls. And I think that's that's where the game uh, turned, right? And because it was after his effort that Stokes got stuck once again into Australia. And once England came close to establishing parity in that one hour of manic hitting, right, on the second day, I thought this test match was open. And uh, yeah, credit to England for pulling it back against the odds. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been a very interesting series right i know plenty has been written plenty has been spoken it was it has been the sort of series that did not need all the hype but it has got all the hype and uh, i mean i'm not complaining uh, we've been critical of baseball many people have been critical of baseball and and all the commentary that comes along with it which which unfortunately is irritating even for people who like the fact that there is a new approach to test cricket that potentially could make the sport get even more interesting but the reality is that we barely remember the last ashes that happened in england i absolutely don't remember the last one that happened in australia the ashes have been a bore fest for a while now uh, but here we are with a very very exciting ashes on our hands and uh, hopefully it uh, it goes down to the wire hopefully the fourth test also goes england's way i really don't care who ends up winning but it would be great to have a 3-2 result absolutely i mean it's the uh, it's been something that you can't take your eyes off um, at all it's um... it it has had absolutely everything i mean the 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 nadir of controversy is when a former uh, cricketer of one team uh, accuses uh, a current cricketer of the other team for not paying for a haircut i mean how low can you get after that 
and uh, yeah. i mean this this series has absolutely produced the goods i'm very very excited for the remaining two tests and as you mentioned um it's going to be amazing if they are as close as this one going uh, you know right down to the wire at, uh, as ravi shastri would have liked it to be yeah absolutely and the reality is also that while england have sort of tried to brand baseball as this new thing and this new approach that they're taking you know absolutely to heart the fact of the matter is australia are also playing in a very similar vein right they've been scoring pretty fast in in this test match as well uh, yeah. they were going at about 4.3 runs and over in the first innings of this test match mitchell marsh's century absolutely would have belonged in the england dressing room and yeah. travis head in the second innings as well right when yeah. they were on the verge of getting bowled out batsmen yeah. these days don't react with defense they don't react with you know playing out sessions we spoke about this in the last episode as well that yeah. is the new template for test cricket and it's just that england yeah. seem to have you know uh, given it a sort of a name a brand even if they didn't do it by themselves they've, they've tried to outline the contours of this approach but that's how everyone is playing test cricket now and uh, long may it continue so then we go back in our time machine and we go to 2002 and where do we go to this time we go back to headingley itself which was the venue for the third ashes test in 2023 but we are going back to india versus england in 2002 a famous famous indian win where rahul dravid asked sanjay bangar if he knew the difference between karnel singh stadium and headingley <laughs> where a retired teacher from east yorkshire in the stands got a whack on the head from a ganguly six where the worst two coties of indian cricket were on shameful <laughs> display <laughs> where the prince of kolkata and the eternal boy from bombay lit up the gloomy skies we'll always have headingley 2002 won't win it absolutely it's the test match that i go back to it's my warm and happy fuzzy place it is that that's i i would say the start of that era under ganguly where india started winning abroad they had won a test match in trinidad just before this as well on the tour to west indies but that uh, victory unfortunately did not translate into a series win because india went on to lose two test matches after that and and lose the series in the process uh, and then there was this tour of england where they had already won the the Nat- natwest trophy in dramatic style with ganguly uh, twirling his t-shirt as we all know on the lord's balcony and then the test series started we we already thought you know we've got the best we can out of this tour we've managed mm-hmm. to pull off a rare victory in a final we kept losing tri series yeah. finals those days right um so we thought okay this was already a good tour for us if we can come back with a face saving um, you know a couple of draws in the test series we would have probably taken it india got hammered at lords in the first test right and then they slowly kept coming back into the test series and and then pulled off this insane win in conditions that were completely against the grain for them right in headingley that ganguly era right in the cold light of uh, context that we have now so people tend to look back at the ganguly years and say you know what the record doesn't really stack up it yeah. it isn't all that it was made out to be it's you know old uncles like you and me who keep romanticizing that era of indian <laughs> cricket they didn't really do all that well right they won a few test matches uh, in conditions that you know outside india but that's fine india is winning test matches outside all the time now and the fans are not happy because they're not yeah. winning finals Uh, yeah. and we lost a lot of one day finals back in those days and people yeah. also argue that a lot of our uh, opponents were not as strong as they are now uh, and pitches were very batting friendly all of which might be true but the reality is we went through that decade just before the 2000s the entire 90s 
with just one away win in the entire decade right and that win was in sri lanka if you could count that as an away win we <laughs> even lost in zimbabwe we kept losing in zimbabwe even in this decade under ganguly we lost a test match in harare that's how bad the team was there, there was no question of winning test matches in sena countries and this test match and this era was you know it was the harbinger of hope i would say where this team finally started winning as it came you know soon after the match fixing scandal and after azruddin uh, had to leave the team in extremely ignominious circumstances where hope was pretty down for an indian cricket fan yeah indeed i mean even even for this test match you you didn't really expect india to you know win in in such a such a convincing manner because the the decision made by the toss was to uh, you know bat first by india which flew in the face of conventional wisdom on top of that the decision made was to include both anil kumble and harbhajan singh in the in the 11 which was again a decision that no one saw coming and uh, perhaps it wasn't a percentage decision at all as they would uh, you know like to believe but man it worked out so so well for india because those two spinners were really really crucial in securing that famous innings win but it all started at the top for me i mean sanjay bangar uh who's like the definition of an unfancied cricketer uh if you haven't watched him bat you haven't missed anything at all <laughs> because he he rarely did much i i mean he he just lifted his bat and let the ball go outside the off stump and uh, perhaps took a few uh, few blows on his body uh, just managed to stick around long enough for uh, you know the english bowlers to get super super frustrated i think his final tally stood at 68 of 236 or something and that was such a crucial innings after india had lost the early sehwag wicket he along with uh, dravid had that immense partnership on day 1 which really deflated the english hopes i would say because this was a pitch for their four man pace attack uh, they had flintoff cadick uh, alex tudor uh, matthew hogard all of yeah. whom were experts perhaps in bowling Uh, you know in these conditions these two took so many blows on the body they let go of their mistakes outside off stump and you know focused on the next ball and by the end of the day they were uh, you know really um, very very happy to put india in a commanding position and then yeah. on day 2 as they say on this podcast all hell broke loose <laughs> i i like how you said as they say on this podcast as if it is someone else who comes and says it <laughs> but i think the bravery on display both in picking kumble and harbhajan right which you see this this is a debate that has continued to dog india all the way to 2023 right and you see that rahul dravid is the coach of the team now and he has two world class spinners at his disposal he has ashwin and jadeja who seldom get to play together when india play abroad right and with good reason uh, a i mean you very often are facing extremely uh favorable conditions for fast bowlers and india now has a great fast bowling attack to boot right so it becomes very tough to make the decision perhaps an easier decision to make in 2001 when you did not have the fast bowling quality at your disposal right john wright was the coach sarav ganguly was the captain uh i like how you put it uh, not a percentage decision at the toss but the good thing about you know going with a off beat call is that you can put all your eggs in that basket and know that you would get it right because yeah India were going to bat first if they won the toss, and they knew for sure that England probably were going to uh, bowl first as well in those conditions. We got a devilishly green, extremely overcast morning at Headingley, and India were obviously hoping that the batting would come good. They would bat bat once and bat big, and that would allow their spinners to come into the play right on days four and five, which is exactly how it panned out. 
it was a good decision also because what we had seen earlier on this tour right because india had obviously batted really well in the natwa series right you had dravid tendulkar and ganguly amongst the runs there the test series did not start off in that good fashion right uh, india got hammered at lords ajit agarkar scoring a famous century there in that defeat in the second test match uh, which was a trend brit sevag scored a wonderful 100 on the first day ganguly scored 60 odd in the first innings but england batted really big in their first innings and then india had to save the test match and parthiv patel uh, i think on debut batted long on the last day to save that game but be- before it came down to parthiv it was again those three guys tendulkar ganguly and dravid who came very close to hitting centuries in the same uh, same match in that game i think dravid got the 100 tendulkar got bowled for 99 if i remember right by uh, Ma- Ma- michael won through the gate and i think ganguly also got out in the 90s so these three which which is really the engine room of the indian batting had come into their own in trent bridge in extremely adverse conditions so i think there was some amount of confidence that they could repeat those heroics at headingly but if only india could see off the new ball and i am really surprised that sanjay bangar didn't get to play more test matches for india right um, he, he obviously had this he had a he opened a few times for india i think at home Uh, against England at Mohali, if I remember right, he got an important 60-odd. He scored some runs against West Indies also at home. But somehow, uh, India didn't play too many test matches soon after that you know, disastrous New Zealand tour before the 2003 World Cup. And he never got to play a test match after that. I think Ar- India moved on to Akash Chopra for some reason. Uh, and I think Sanjay Bangar, just you know, not, uh, a victim of bad timing, I would say, in, in more ways than one. But his <laughs> career was also a victim of uh, bad timing. he didn't get to play enough and but this really was his crowning achievement right he plays 68 like you said of 200 odd balls wears a lot on his body there's good english attack for those conditions it was an attack that was made to swing the ball and seam the ball uh, but yeah dravid and uh, bangar just blunted them and set it up so beautifully for dravid tendulkar and then ganguly to go hammer and tongs i think one of so many brave decisions right in this test match right like we mentioned the toss and the selection but choosing to continue to bat in extremely dark circumstances on day 2 under lights and the umpires were ready to go off everyone wanted to go off but ganguly and tendulkar said we'll keep playing england said okay if you're going to play then we're going to bowl our fastest bowlers with a new ball they said yeah sure bring it on we'll still play and they started carting those guys for sixes right it was quite something in those days you had uh, these lights flashing on the scoreboard which told you about uh, you know the the quality of light or the brightness of the light so to speak and at one stage during that ginormously amazing partnership um, at the end of day 2 or near the end of day 2 you had all the five lights which told you yeah. that uh, you know the light was particularly bad and it was perhaps even unsafe i would say to play cricket in those conditions new ball and uh, pace bowlers uh, bowling but man they took them on and they took them on how uh, there's a there's a little clip of an interview um, of these two guys ganguly and tendulkar at the end of day 2 when you know they are talking about their partnership and uh, ganguly just says that you know we know time is going to be an equation it's leeds it's england uh, it could rain any time it could be yeah. bad light again uh, and and england are obviously under the pump they are going to try and uh, you know bat for as li- little as possible and so they they just made sure that you know they took it on and uh, credit to ganguly i would say uh, you know if if he was going so well it made all the more uh, sense for him personally to go back to the dressing room come back the next morning and probably 
uh, eke out a you know very very well deserved century for himself but he didn't do that uh, some of the sixes that he hit of ashley giles some of the attacking shots that ganguly uh, that tendulkar ended up playing were quite extraordinary to watch there's this one famous picture from this test um, you know which which became the toast of the town um, in the newspapers later uh, which has uh, uh, sachin tendulkar half hooking half pulling yes. a short ball um, outside off stump with his uh, front leg uh, possibly shaping towards cover point and uh, his bat is weaving an arc of its own and it's it's kind of the natraj pose that uh, kapil yeah. dev made famous uh, but it's also you know his his very own and and must have been a fast ball uh, but it just um, you know goes away very very quickly to the boundary yeah i i remember the shot that you're talking about but i also want to speak about one of those sixes when we say tendulkar versus kadik we remember 2003 world cup with with uh, good reason it's a shot it's a game that we have spoken about earlier on this podcast but it all started uh, here in headingly right where kadik and a bunch of the english fast bowlers they kept attacking tendulkar and dravid by the way earlier on the patch they were trying to go for the lbw or get through the gate but these two batsmen were so good for it right and tendulkar beyond the stage wasn't really struggling at all with that length and then the bowlers start adjusting their lengths they start uh, going shorter and there is this one of those sixes right where he flat pats a six over deep mid wicket and this is when yeah. the when it's all quite dark and there's something that the cameraman who's capturing that uh, you know the way he zooms out right he he's, he's lost the ball it's also quite dark so he just keeps the batsman in focus and, and zooms out right so you see a wider arc or your wider expanse of the ground and just the way the camera zooms you assume that the ball has gone so far and so <laughs> you know so fast that which is why the camera is doing that so it makes the six look even bigger because the cameraman actually has not spotted the ball and it's it's a really special shot and he later does another he plays another proper hook shot as well of kadik yeah. in the same innings but like you said ganguly going after ashley giles was also quite something yeah this then absolutely. uh you know after the missed opportunity in trent bridge this test match becomes the first time ever and the first the only time where tendulkar dravid and ganguly end up with hundreds in the same innings right so very very special in that in that sense um yeah but uh, also I, i'm sure we're going to talk about harbhajan and kumble playing together in their yeah. entire career and large parts of their careers ended up overlapping right because kumble had a long career though he started started in the early 90s they only played 21 test matches together outside of india and only eight of those test matches were in sena conditions and this was one of those test matches right there were there's maybe one or two in the west indies there were three in australia right at the end of uh, kumble's career when kumble was captain and that also was a strange choice and which was only made possible because in the final test match in adelaide in 2008 irfan patan opened the innings so india could actually afford to play two spinners and still have three fast bowlers it was a very rare occurrence that uh, you know harbhajan and kumble played together and that it just goes to put into context the the dilemma that's facing the indian team right now why they're not able to play jadeja and yeah. ashwin together right yeah. but this was that perfect test match right uh, in conditions that were not really made for spinners both kumble and harbhajan contribute handsomely with the ball in both innings and uh, yeah we should talk more about it so tendulkar got to his 30th test 100 in this uh, in this game making him only the second cricketer in history to reach 30 test 100s he goes past don bradman on 29 it's uh, bob willis on commentary when tendulkar gets to his 100 with a simple flick through the leg side of ashley giles if i remember right 
magnificent century from sachin tendulkar he overtakes non bradman now there's this one gentleman sitting next to me who he needs to catch up with now and he hands over to sunil gavaskar who is of course right there with 34 test hundreds welcome to club 30 sachin tendulkar well batted is what he says <laughs> and tendulkar's celebration is quite strange by the way he seems to be making a point to the media or to the press which yes. uh, i don't quite remember the context because he had scored heavily in the previous test match and he had scored i think 300s in the nato series as well he was batting really well at this stage in his career so there really weren't any question marks being asked of tendulkar but uh, he seemed to be answering quite aggressively no. right he, so, he looks yeah so i have something to answer that uh, okay rahul bhattacharya um, whom we obviously love for his book uh, pandits from uh, pakistan uh, which is on the india tour of pakistan after so many years in 2003 4 he actually used to write for the guardian back then and he wrote a piece called time for superman to show his metal because the media had taken him down for uh, you know his his non performance at lords and his non performance at lords in the natwest trophy final and even before that he didn't have such a good run there is some stat there was some stat going around how uh, you know his his second innings average in test cricket had really fallen down um, and was well below his first innings mark so so that tag of you know him rising up in the crunch situation was was uh, was really you know the monkey on his back so to speak and he actually quotes another uh, indian writer mukul kesavan who is sometimes acerbic sometimes insightful and uh, <laughs> in that piece mukul kesavan actually contrasts javed miyanda the pakistani great whom we have spoken about uh, earlier in this uh, podcast uh, he contrasts him to sachin tendulkar and here's what he writes adults compete children perform miyanda didn't bat to excel he fought to win tendulkar mm-hmm. on the other hand is the best schoolboy cricketer that ever lived <laughs> my god what, what a left handed compliment <laughs> yeah if there ever was one right i know and so yeah. perhaps you know that that uh, that uh, celebration that you spoke about is kind of justified uh, and uh, yes he did bat very very well at uh, trent bridge in the test before this but again i mean someone could say uh, in chennai 99 you had to win the test you couldn't do it in trent bridge you could have saved the test yourself you couldn't do it and i know these are not comments or thoughts that uh, you know uh, i know you don't subscribe to i myself don't but sometimes i guess even for the greatest it gets to them and then um, i i'm glad that he scored that 100 and i mean whatever way he wanted to celebrate if yeah. it was a point to be made to the media that's that's fine by me oh it's completely fine by me it's because it's tendulkar 100 centuries and i would say 99 of those celebrations are very one note right and you have this one which is very stand out so i yes. i'll take it every day because otherwise those centuries just blur you know there are so many magnificent hundreds and you don't want to mistake one for the other but with tendulkar you actually run the risk of doing that but not this one right yeah so then yeah like we mentioned it was over to england and india's best chance of winning this test match since there was a little bit of weather as well was to now force the follow on and then to force the innings defeat which they spoiler alert go on to do in absolute <laughs> style with everyone chipping in right you had zahir khan still in his uh, early flush of youth so he still had a lot of pace he'd not started getting injured and unfit and all of that and then become zahir version 2.0 this was still 1.0 which was very good you had sanjay bangar bowling absolute nude nuts i think the very definition of nude nuts he's bowling at 65 70 miles per hour right he's literally a change up bowler there in his de- defense he was the opening batsman as well so he was pulling enough weight in his in the team already with his bowling 
you had agarkar who was pitching it up these are again conditions made for ajit agarkar and kumble and harbhajan getting into their own as well right uh, just some insanely good bowling uh, very relentless and it was england pre baseball england right uh, of course they used to trouble india when india toured england but nobody really took england too seriously pakistan used to hand them you know on a platter australia used to have them for lunch every day uh, so yeah it, it was a team that if you push hard enough would fall over and even mark butcher who the previous year had scored a very famous ashes 100 at this very ground uh, he also scores a few very attractive runs uh, in this test match but india find a way past all of them twice and and do it with quite some style yeah yeah and and uh, i mean to to prepare for this episode i was actually reading duncan fletcher uh, the england coach at that time who later became the india coach as well i was reading his uh, autobiography which is called behind the shades very very uh, you know aptly called that <laughs> he you know doesn't give too much weightage to this test or this series he is he is perhaps still very very pissed off about some incorrect decision that uh, was given against um, uh, or in favor of rahul dravid at trent bridge and he obviously goes on to score 100 there and he's still crying about it and <laughs> i mean i i felt so good when i when i read it again right now because sometimes uh, obviously the taste of victory is sweet and you you really <laughs> cherish it but the the sour taste of defeat in the opposition's uh, mouth is also worth <laughs> cherishing wow now this is truly poetic chops like they they really get yeah seema seni would have been really proud to be on this podcast <laughs> right i was we said oh yeah, that that yeah. that's and, so evocative just a word about uh, you know uh, harbhajan and kumble uh, in india and and harbhajan is sometimes very very uh, vocal in his uh, criticism of uh, pitches in india these days which uh, like spin a mile from like ball minus 25 or something uh, i i do subscribe to the theory that back in the day the pitches you know probably didn't spin as much even in india you've so many test matches when when uh, you know teams came to india and managed to just save off uh, a test which they were bound to lose but they managed to save it off and and uh, these bowlers had to work really hard for their wickets at times but theek hai times change things change whatever happens i do remember that in this test they weren't getting all of uh, you know all of that mad spin that they used to get in yeah. india yes this pitch had variable bounce which harbhajan with you know his his overspin could use and kumble was bounce and kumble were like made for each other um, and they used it to great effect you yes. had very very few balls turning big but it was both of them you know being able to pin the batters on the back foot or or initiating some spell which would uh, you know give off a catch to silly point or short leg or even leg slip on a couple of occasions so very very precise bowling and obviously when you have 628 on the board uh, you know it it really helps in in uh, you know the confidence levels of the bowlers but i would really say that you know this performance by the two spinners i think they end up picking uh, what 11 wickets out of 20 which is i mean perhaps uh, you know unprecedented yeah. at headingly and yeah. uh, they really really made india proud uh, zahir khan Ajit Agarkar and Sanjay Bangar actually ended up playing the supporting act, and as that was a script nobody could have written for uh, for that pitch at Headingley. Yeah, and in fact, Harbhajan I think does himself a bit of discredit with the way he talks about the pitches these days. Yes, these pitches are turners. Harbhajan probably would have enjoyed bowling on them, but Harbhajan was never so much about the spin. He was a lot about the bounce and the loop, right? 
and he's a bowler who could weaponize the seam of the sg ball unlike any other spinner at that time which is what really made him special right yes. and especially in that early stage of his career when he had the dusra before he had to remodel his action he would bowl the dusra with a scrambled seam and that would sometimes land on the seam and bounce extra at other times it wouldn't right it made him such a potent force because you he always had short leg in action for the off spinner and then he had the dusra which could do anything and even in this uh, test match i think he gets andrew caddick with the dusra bowled and the the commentators are blown away there i think it's the first dusra that has ever been bowled in yorkshire right <laughs> like what was that <laughs> literally and he gets uh, andrew flintoff i think shouldering arms uh, flintoff bags a pair in this test match right some of the most famous uh, test wins uh, for india and england come when you know world class all-rounders for england bag pairs <laughs> last week it was ben stokes we spoke about lords 2014 uh, this time it's andrew flintoff getting a pair so yeah i i think harbhajan great bowler probably not the best analyst of uh, you know his own legacy and i think he does himself uh, he discredits himself i would say with everything that he says these days so quickly to contextualize uh, the test series was 1-0 uh, england ahead after two test matches going into the headingley test match india winning the toss choosing to bat in devilishly difficult conditions but 628 for 8 thanks to sanjay bangar 68 rahul dravid batting 307 balls for 148 Tendulkar 193 and then Saurav Ganguly a very quick 128 and then India have just pile on the pressure and bowl out England twice 273 in the first innings 309 in the second innings Kumble and Harbhajan sharing 11 wickets in conditions greener than they would have ever bowled or expected to take wickets in in their entire career the first ever time Dravid Tendulkar and Ganguly and the only time Dravid Tendulkar and Ganguly managed to score hundreds in the same innings despite the fact that dravid only got 148 and tendulkar got 193 the man of the match quite deservedly rahul dravid who also would then go on to get a double hundred in at the oval in the fourth test match a high scoring draw on a fairly flat pitch which meant india came back with a one all score line and back in those days we were very happy to take a one all score line when india traveled abroad so yeah and insane win something we'll never forget yeah and and uh, not the exact end but just before the end we actually have a run out um, yeah. featuring the main man himself saurav ganguly and yeah. i would say that is as poetic an end to any cricket match as one could have if ganguly yeah. is doing run outs uh, <laughs> india yeah. india is sleeping yeah. well waking up well yeah. uh, and and doing quite well so yeah i mean a really really amazing win and um, something that uh, I know I cherish a lot I I remember watching all 5 days of this test very very fondly as a kid and um, I know you did too so yeah right that was chops and me taking our time machine back to 2002 with rose tinted glasses looking at a very very famous indian test victory at headingley the reason we did that of course was england's very famous test victory at headingley this week in the ashes which means that the ashes is now at 2-1 and england still have a chance to go on and win the series according to their captain ben stokes we'll see if that pans out we'll be back next week with some more fun stuff to look at from the past of cricket until then it's chops and me signing off bye 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 you were listening to heads and tails hosted by abhishek chopra and nitin sundar 
produced by Audiomatic. Producers for Audiomatic, Rajesh Tahil and Abdul Khanulkar. Assistant producer, Pia Kash.